It's time to hear the word of God. Um, the topic today is blessing of the knowledge of God. Blessing of the knowledge of God. And our reading today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter number 5. And we're reading from verse 6 and then and, and 8. So verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Let's put our hands together as we welcome the human of God, Reverend Irene. Appreciate her, appreciate her, appreciate her. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's, let's pray for her. Father, we thank you for Reverend. As she brings forth your word, we pray that, Lord, that heart will bear fruit in our hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. We do pray and believe. Amen. Appreciate her. Give her sight. Until she settles. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ken, uh, for leading us so well and uh, for asking them to appreciate me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Can you just say hi, wave where you are. Buona sifiwa. Praise be to the Lord. Amen. Are you happy that you're in the house of the Lord today? It is a privilege and an opportunity, a wonderful one that we wouldn't want to take for granted, that we are here today in the presence of the Lord. You know, there are times that we desired we would come, and we didn't have the opportunity to. But today we are in the house of the Lord, and we will rejoice because we are in the house of the Lord. Now, the topic of today is the blessing of the knowledge of God. The blessing of the knowledge of God. In fact, if I was to paraphrase that topic, I would say, happy are they that know the Lord. And I'm glad that we are doing the Beatitudes. Uh, and, and one of the things that we've learned about the Beatitudes from when we began, and I'm really happy that we are going through this, is that uh, it is not multiple choices. Buona <laughs> You remember the exams we used to have in school? You know where you choose A, B, or C, and D, you know? But what we have been given from the first to the last, it is not for you to go and sit down and say, so which one of these will I choose? Hmm, I think this one is preferably suitable for me. But the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, sat on that mountain. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the, actually, it was a hill on the hillside of Capernaum. And many people came that they may listen to him. And it is so amazing because it was after him being in the, in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and having uh, gone through the initiation, what you would call the initiation ceremony, you know, where he's been baptized, and there's a declaration that this is my son with whom I am pleased with. And then there's a release, and he comes and he begins ministry, and he begins by laying out what we would say the code of conduct for a believer. You know, what he expects of you and me, 
as who know the Lord. What a blessing it is that we know the Lord. And I remember yesterday, uh, and I remember also we've done this before when I was doing EE, that when we talk about our knowledge of the Lord, you can talk about in two ways. And I like the speaker yesterday in our couples retreat said, there is so much we know about the president, but we do not have a relationship with him. Blessed are you. If you have a relationship with him, you might know more details about him than some of us. But I also remember when we were growing up, there were always these kids in school who were related to the politicians, you know. So they would come and say, you know, hey, I'm related to so-and-so, and we would respect them. And then later we realized, oh, yeah, it was not true. But we are not talking about them. We are talking about you who have encountered the Lord. You who has a personal relationship with God. And as we look at the scripture today, it is also a high time that even as who we are in the Lord, we should examine ourselves and see where we are at in our relationship with him. How much we have given our time to him. How we have dedicated ourselves to him. But more so how we are living our lives as believers in this world. Our, it should make a difference that you and me know the Lord. It should not be the same that we have come to the knowledge of the sovereign God. That we have a relationship with him who left his throne and came and died on the cross for the sake of our sins. It should make a difference. It should not be business as usual. And we find ourselves in that place where we are still struggling with authenticity as Christians because we are not living our lives out as we ought to. It is not a very good sentence, but we've had people who said, come our Christian hour. If these are the Christians... I'd rather not be one. Okay, that should not be the basis for you to choose whether to be a Christian or not. We choose to be Christian because he died on the cross for our sins. But then again, we've been given a responsibility that we may be an example. That many would come to Christ. That many would be drawn to Jesus because we have come to the knowledge of the Lord. Buona sifiwe. It should not be business as usual. We should not operate kama kawaida because we are operating in the spirit. Our level is very high. We are engaging in the spirit. And I hope we understand what that means. And so if you have encountered the Lord and you are connecting with him in the spirit, really, our everyday life should be informed by that encounter with the Lord in the spirit. Therefore, because we know God, then the scripture today tells us that blessed are they, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And I just want us to break it down as we continue uh, with our scripture today. And we'll be looking at three things. Number one, it is the knowledge of God enlighten us. The knowledge of God informs us. 
Number two is that the knowledge of God transforms us. And number three, the knowledge of God guarantees us. And we'll be picking that from the scripture today. By the grace of God, we try to help each other learn and grow in our knowledge of the Lord. When we are here preaching, or when you are in your Bible study, or you are fellowshipping with a fellow believer, we are always encouraging one another, I hope, to live our lives right in the Lord. To read the word of God. It is a song we sang from when we were in primary. Read your Bible, pray every day. You know, it became a ritual to sing it. But I don't know the action bit of it. How we are doing with our scripture reading, our studying of the word. And how we are doing in our prayer life. I I, I do not want to measure it with a Friday prayer service, okay? (laughs) I will be very fair. But we are called to fellowship and to have a prayer life. Corporate and individual. And that's why you hear us invite you for the Friday prayer service. Encourage you to join a small group. Encourage you to have a brother, a sister in the Lord whom you can always just fellowship together. The Bible for once over a day When the Lord will come again to take his own home. It for once of judgment day. And so to know the Lord and to take advantage of the opportunities that are there to know the Lord. Is also an opportunity for us to learn and to grow. So that on that day when he comes again, we will not have excuses. You know, we are very good in giving excuses. We will not have excuses that, no, I did not hear about you. Now, the Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. When I was looking at this beatitude, one of the things that I asked myself is, Jesus must have looked at the crowd and saw people who hungered for unrighteousness. He looked at the crowd And they were there confused, thinking this is the Messiah who is coming, you know, to deliver us from this system of governance that is so oppressive. And he looks at them and he's like, no, (laughs) blessed are those who hunger for righteousness. Are people who hunger for power, for wealth, for I don't know what else that is so of this world. And he wants to change the narrative that is there before him. But this does not only apply to them, but it also applies to us. Our existence as human beings is driven by desires. We are always looking for ways to satisfy something that is void within us, be it a lack of job, you will be burning with a desire and you will do everything, humanly speaking, that you may quench that desire. There is always something that is driving us to function and to be who we are and to to push ourselves into limits that sometimes we couldn't even imagine that we can Yet those in the world hunger for pleasure. 
the worldly pleasure. They hunger for happiness. I'm not talking about you and me who are in the Lord. I am talking about those who are in the world. They hunger for pleasure, for happiness. And they will look for it at whatever cost. They will look to satisfy that which makes them happy at whatever cost. They will spend thriftly <laughs> for them to quench a desire that is burning within them. They will do crazy things. And you know, some of these things are normally done in the night because people think they can hide away. They will do crazy, shameful things because it is something that is burning within them. It's burning in their heart and in their soul and they went to quench it and they will go for it. They will meet to scheme and to plan with the same magnitude that the enemy, devil, you know, has the desire to pull you out of your existence and he will scheme with everything that he has to make sure that he gets a grip on you. They will abandon their own family. They will abandon the things that mean something to them. They will even abandon the faith in search of their own pleasure. They will steal, they will kill for the need to just quench it. And if you are standing in their way, they will get rid of you. The hunger for worldly pleasures have no room for good character, brothers and sisters. The hunger for the things of this world that are not godly has no room for good morals. It is shameful. And this we are all aware because we see our society, the morality in our nation coming down. We see the morality of our leaders when they are meeting in parliament and lifting up. Is that parliament? Oh, not the main one because the seats are not movable in this other one. The MCAs are meeting and they are lifting up chairs and throwing at each other. We see character completely banished from even people we look at or we look up to and desire that we would be in the place they are in. But the morals are completely out. I don't know if you have been in a state where you were thirsty or, you know, hungry. I remember there's a time we were coming from Kwale, you know. We had gone for our missions. By the way, we have a mission center in Kwale. I think we need to keep reminding ourselves. And we have a clinic. We have a whole team there that is evangelizing to the community in Kwale. And I know mission month is coming. And so please prepare if you are the kind who desires. A few of us have been there. Francis, uh, yes, Francis has gone. Sami, yes, Sami has gone to Kwale. So let's prepare so that you know. And I remember there's a time we had gone to a place called Njorori for sports evangelism. And when we, when we were coming back, our bus got, got stuck uh, <laughs> on, on, on the way, you know, and it was not raining. Uh, some of those places you go, then you understand what it means, what spiritual warfare means, you know. And, and, and they, there was no mechanical issue, it just got stuck. And we were there, and we started interceding, and then we continued with the journey. And, and, and you know, we were moving from one place to another. 
And then we had not carried the water. And it is burning hot. You know? The thirst. At that point, that scripture where this man is asking for a drop, you know? You know, a drop on your, on your throat, at least to wet it, comes, you know, to play. You see anything liquid, it makes sense to you. You feel like you want to drink. I don't know if you've been in that space. And it is the same magnitude that, the, uh, that Jesus speaks when he talks about the hunger and the thirst for him. But I don't know really, really, if you are to think about your life, I don't know if you've been in a place where you really hunger and thirst for the presence of the Lord, for his righteousness in your life. Let me tell you, you get to know when you're in trouble. <laughs> when you really, really need the Lord. You've seen people have gone fasting, Cataloni for a whole one week, because they want to see the Lord. But then when life is okay, and you have everything, and everything seems fine, you can afford life, and you are able to go and come back, very few times, brothers and sisters, do we hunger and thirst for the Lord. Very few times do we hunger and thirst for the Lord. Galatians chapter 5.16 says, But I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. So this is warfare between the desires of the flesh and the desires of the spirit. And so Paul encourages us to walk in the spirit. And it says, because we will not gratify the desires of the flesh when we walk in the spirit. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. So when you desire to do good and you have given room to the flesh, it opposes you from doing good. When you desire not to do bad things, you know, and you have given the, 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 the you have given uh, place the flesh, then it takes over. They are always opposing each other. There is always a desire within us for something. Therefore, Jesus saying uh, in, in verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. In other words, saying, Woe unto you, you who desire and righteousness. But then again, when we are talking about two people, you know, two examples of people, one who desires and righteousness, and they're there. And the other one who desires righteousness, there is one in between, the one who desires nothing. It's called a hopeless state. And they have given up. You know? And they, they reach a point where they completely cannot function because they have given up. Now, the knowledge of the Lord enlighten us to be aware of these things. To be aware that there is a need for you and me to hunger and thirst for righteousness. There is a need for you and me to be pure in heart for we will see God. But then what do you do with the information? You've been enlightened, yes. 
But then what do you do with the information? The knowledge of God transforms us. And this is where we look at what righteousness is. Now, Isaiah 64, 6 gives us a different divination, uh, definition about our own righteousness. It says, for all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteousness deeds are like filthy rugs. And all of us with are like leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. Now, it is not enough to be good without Jesus. It is not enough to be righteous without the righteousness of God. And so you cannot stand and say, but you know, God, I used to help the poor. I used to do one, two, three, and I even never cheated on my wife. I was a very faithful wife or a faithful husband. I was there for my children from birth to the end, provided for them everything that they needed. I was a good father. I was a good son to my mother or a good daughter to my parents. It is not for you to have a checklist where you are always checking all the good and beat your chest and say, yes, I am a good person. No matter how good you are, our righteousness without God is like filthy rags. It is like filthy rags. And our iniquities like wind will just take us away. Now, brothers and sisters, righteousness means holiness. To say my holiness. It means to be near God. To be like Christ. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is to desire the infilling of the Holy Spirit. As I said, knowing God is one thing. But when you have an experience with him, when you personally encounter him, when we encounter him, he delivers us from the burden of sin and we are set free. We are separated from sin. Now, we contradict ourselves when we claim to know God and yet we hunger and thirst for unrighteousness. And yet we live in sin. And yet we continue to do the things that do not please God. And because sin separates us from God, then it hinders the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We do not allow completely the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. And he wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to comfort us from the discourages of this world. But then we do not focus on him. And we hinder him from functioning. He wants to give us counsel concerning a decision that you are supposed to make about something. But we have allowed sin to hinder us from having him to be at work in us. And so the Bible says those who hunger and thirst. And note that it is a continuous process. It is not that there was a one time I hungered and thirst for the Lord. And he filled me and I am done and I move on with my life. It says those who hunger. Not those who hungered and thirsted. <laughs> that is an English word. But it is a continuous process. That we ought to hunger and thirst for righteousness. It is something that you would want to do every day. It is a state that you would want to be always. Only then can we know when we are not okay with the Lord. You know, we step out of the way and we assume so much. 
but we excuse ourselves so much that you know ilikuwa ni kuanguka tu but then we do not take the initiative to correct the same mistake happens again and again and before we know it we are far away from the lord completely far away from the lord in fact it becomes normal the thing that used not to be normal you know begin to become normal and you do it and it is okay and you don't find it as something that is ungodly anymore let's say like bribing a police officer on the road nilikuwa na haraka sana sasa angeniweka and you know I have a meeting that i needed to complete but ni chai tu you know we start giving them names ilikuwa ni chai tu nimempea aende tu atoe baridi you know completely it is your responsibility to help a policeman kutoa baridi you excuse yourself and you give them the tea and they go drink and they tour baridi but unconsciously you are encouraging something that is just an example that is how we begin to deviate away from the path we find good names for it you know you are giving out a tender and 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 you know alinisaidia nikamwambia asante you know they, they helped me and i uh, you know kurudisha mkono now how do we How do you say that in English? To return the hand. <laughs> favor, you know? The favor, so I was just saying thank you. But then sometimes when you don't get the deal, you return favor in another way so that they can help you with the deal. We excuse things that have really tainted the Christianity and that which the Lord Jesus sits on this mountain and says Oh how I desire you would hunger and thirst for righteousness. How I desire you would hunger and thirst to live for me and to be close to me that my spirit may be at work in you so that you may begin to do things right. You begin discussing somebody in a meeting and pole pole you give it a name and you say atulikuwa tunaona tu venye tutamsaidia. And none of you is going to talk to that person about the things that you are discussing. Before you know it you are a very famous gossiper always talking about people there are so many things that we do in life but we begin encouraging them slowly by slowly and before we know it we have deviated away from the path we have accommodated defiance we have built up a rebellious spirit and you are completely out of the fold and then verse 8 talks about a pure heart Our hearts are so precious, precious and precious to God. In fact, a common phrase we know, I remember when uh, many Christians were discussing issues of dressing in church and as young girls we used to say the Lord does not look at the <laughs> He looks at the heart. He does not look at the body, he looks at the It's a very and it's a very true statement. The Lord really really looks at the heart. You know he really really even when you are dressing like that he is really really looking at the heart and the lord is really interested at how our hearts are operating and the knowledge of that should cause us to revere because he sees he sees even that which is in your heart right now bona <laughs> He sees even that which you plan and we know this we are just reminding ourselves 
when you are alone, the things that you process in your mind, he sees them. And because we know that, then as a Christian, we need to be constantly alert that we will not allow idleness to cause us to begin to entertain the things of the enemy and be partakers in scheming in our hearts. How can I not be worried that the Lord is seeing my heart right now? Exodus 19.14 narrates a story about God revealing himself to the children of, the, uh, of Israel after they had walked a journey to come out of Egypt. And he tells them that, he tells Moses, I need you to go and prepare them. I need you to consecrate them because I want them to come and worship me. And Moses takes time and he tells, you know, there was a whole list of instructions of the things that he wanted the children of the Israelites, the, the Israelites to do. And Moses takes time and he does this. And the Lord wants to have a fellowship with you. The Lord wants to meet with you. And when they came to the mountain, he actually almost put a tape and said, do not cross here. Because beyond here, it is only a few of your leaders that I need them to climb over. And they come and they, he reveals himself in thunder and smoke. And the Bible describes how the Lord comes down to meet the children of Israel. But do you see, and I thank God because he's a very merciful God. And I thank God because when we come to him in repentance, he is a forgiving God. And I thank God because he is asking us as Christians that we should live a life of penitence. That we are always seeking to be right with him and asking for forgiveness. But there is like a courage that we also have as believers. That sometimes I wonder, don't, don't I, am I not afraid that the Lord might strike me with thunder? When I know for sure that I am not right with God. And I am lifting my hands to worship him. And he tells Amos, uh, the prophet Amos, that do not lift those filthy hands. They are full of blood. I will keep my face away from you. And we wonder where is the Lord? Because the second bit of it, he says, those who are pure in heart, they will see God. And then we begin to wonder, why are we not seeing the Lord move in our church today? Why are we not seeing God move in our nation today? Why am I not experiencing the Lord move in my life today? And the question should first begin by, am I right with him? Is my heart pure? Have I called on to him to cleanse me and to create in me a pure heart? We get to know people in their uh, true skin when we have a relationship with them. And it is only then that we can testify about them. And this goes the same for God. When we know him, we hunger for him. We desire more to be like him. I saw a testimony from Gongrod yesterday uh, during the week of fasting. Somebody said... He couldn't fast before. And he didn't know how he was going to fast this time around. But he asked the Lord, I need your help that I may go through fasting at least for once in my lifetime if I will never fast again. And the Lord was there so faithful and the Holy Spirit of God helped that person and he was giving a testimony. And he said, when people went seven, I extended my days. 
when we call on to the Lord, the things that seems not possible be, uh, becomes possible. When we know our God, our lives are easy. And again, the couple yesterday was sharing and saying their life as a couple before Jesus and after Jesus, they can completely tell the difference. We didn't come to Christ so that we have a list of don'ts and do's. Many Christians confuses this phrase of hungering and thirsting for God so much that we come to Jesus when we want him to provide something. When we want food, like the crowds that followed Jesus everywhere, they knew he would perform a miracle. They were looking for signs and wonders. We come to Jesus seeking joy and peace and spiritual power and miracles and so forth, which is good. But the Bible today begins us on the basic and it says, before you start seeking for miracles and signs and wonders, I need you to seek me first. Seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else shall be added unto you. It is only until we experience the righteousness of God that we, then, that, then, that, uh, that we begin to experience the miracles of God. The power, the transforming power of God. And so we need to ask him to create in us a clean heart. We need to call on him and tell him to give us that pure heart. The way he says it. If I have been thinking that my heart is pure, Lord, I need you to give me a pure heart. And why are we saying this? So he says when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, the Bible says, for they will be filled. You can, you can hear it's a futuristic statement. For they will be filled. Then when, you, when your heart is pure, the Bible says, for they will see God. And I don't know if you have... ever been in a state where you question yourself after doing something that you thought would really satisfy you. Something that you thought will satisfy your ego. And then you regret it. And we see this in the story of Esau and Jacob. That at the moment when he was really, really hungry, nothing else mattered. And he even sold his birthright. There are decisions we make at a point when our desire has completely taken over us, we do it, and immediately after that, we are like, oh, how did I get myself to do such a thing? We regret our act actions almost immediately. The things that, when we act irrationally, and by the way, the ability to be able to question yourself means your conscience is still alive. What's to it when you do them and it doesn't matter and you continue doing them? And you do not care whether someone is hurting or whether, you know, it is wrong. That means your conscience is dead. It means you have actually blocked the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And he's not there to help you discern what is good from bad. And so you keep on doing it. It is a very bad state. And today we are talking about you you who knows the Lord, you who questions yourself, when you say something and quickly you realize, oh my goodness, I have damaged a self-esteem. Somebody young who was growing, 
and I am the boss and I have completely crushed them because of what I have said. And I need to be helped. You know, when you, when you call out or you say something to your child and you realize <laughs> or you slap. <laughs> Praise the Lord, ladies. <laughs> the wrath of a, an angry lady. You know, when a child does something and immediately your hand fasts and furious just lands on their face. And immediately you realize, oh my goodness, that was too fast and I have not helped that child. We have caused so much damage because we do not take time to desire the Lord to help us act in righteousness. And imagine how the world would be different if every Christian, let alone those who do not know the Lord, it's another story, we'll begin to evangelize to them. But if every Christian just hungered and thirsted for righteousness, if we had a desire to have pure hearts, it also comes from how active the Spirit of God is in our lives because he is the one who satisfies us. He's the one who guides us to godliness. The Spirit of God has to be awake in us, meaning we need to allow him to take charge of our spirit. Remember the spirit of our flesh that is so disorienting. Yes, the Lord satisfies us. We see him in our daily life. This is not the satisfaction that, uh, that takes the glory from God or the one that boasts. It is not seeing the, that, uh, it is not the seeing of God that causes you to boast and think, yes, I see the Lord every day in my life. I am good. And you move on. But it should humble us. It should encourage someone else. As you share your testimony on how you have seen the Lord, it should be from a place where you want to encourage someone else that they may experience the Lord. And so the Bible guarantees us, the word of God, the knowledge of God guarantees us that when we desire him, when we hunger for him, then we, we will be filled. Then we will begin to experience the Lord in our life and see him. A product of life, lives that are righteous and hearts that are pure is evident and we are able to see. The hunger and thirst for sin seem satisfying in the process. But regret sets in immediately after that. Anguish and strife, when we are continuously uh, in hunger and thirsting for and craving uh, for sin because of the sinful nature that is in us. And when you continue to do that, it be you're, you begin to, de to, to decay. I mean, your morals be begin to decay. It is no wonder that the moral values in our community, in our society, in our nation, in the many nations out there have completely decayed. No respect for God and who he is in our lives. We talk about him as if we are talking about someone else. We do not revere him at all, at all. And you, you can see this when you interact with people. And I do not want to blame this on young people because I have said this before. Yes, you hear young people confidently right now saying there is no God. By the way, I am my own God. 
And they will say all those things that they say. But they pick lessons from somewhere. They observe it from somewhere. And so even as we point the fingers and we say young people have done this, young people have done this, it throws back the question to how are we living our Christianity in a way that will encourage them to love this God and to desire him the more. And so that should really burden you and me. It should burden us that our society right now is in the state that is in when we look at the morality. The morality of our families, of our nation, of the church, of God. When we look at the filth that has crept in, this should burden you and me, and we need to just let go. Our self-righteousness, let go and surrender to him. Let go because he's the one who enables us. We can never make ourselves righteous. He's the one who enables us. He guarantees us satisfaction now and in eternity. He guarantees us that we will see him in our lives today and later we will see him uh, face to face. He will fill you and me. He will fill us. And so as we bring this to a close, I want to call us to a moment to reflect and really think, do you think there is righteousness in our nation? Do you think there is righteousness the way the Lord desires in our own lives? Do you think there is the righteousness of God in our families? Are we illuminating? Just a moment of reflection. And if, you, if your answer is yes, praise be to God. Praise be to God. But if you look around and you really see the things that are happening and it concerns you, then we need to pray. We need to pray that we will have Christians who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That we, it is not a one-time experience, that we will continually hunger and thirst for righteousness. That we will desire to have pure hearts. And tell the Lord, what does it mean? You know, the Bible tells us that he is holy. So for us to have a relationship with him, we need to be holy. And if we are not, and there is a taint of sin that is in us, then we need to pray that he cleanse it away, that we may be holy. And I want to invite us to stand, all of us to stand. We have been enlightened, and I will ask the worship team to come. We have been enlightened or informed of that which Christ expects of us. This is just a reminder. This is purely a reminder of a state, of a life of a believer. The Lord who knows you much more and much better is here with us today. The Lord who understands your struggles as a believer, that Lord, you know I desire to live right for you, but I have this thing, this thing that has become an hindrance from my, for my fellowship with you. Lord, we desire that our nation will be Kenya for Jesus or whichever nation that you want to raise it out to the Lord. But Father, there is this thing that hinders our nation and we want to desire and hunger for righteousness over this land. Righteousness over our workplaces. Righteousness over our mouths. 
that speaks that which is in our heart. Let us just surrender to him. Please just pray for yourself. And as you pray for yourself, please pray for the nation. Pray for the church that we are no longer a true, a true representation of what the Lord desires to see, a pure church, a church with a pure heart, a church that is righteous, a nation with a pure heart, a nation that is righteous. Our God and our Father, that is our desire today. It is our desire today, Jehovah God. And I want to pray, Abba Father, if there is anyone in here who is struggling with righteousness, Lord, and we are all struggling with it, Jehovah God, but if there is anyone who has not come to the knowledge of who you are, Father, would you come and have an encounter with us today? That we may not be cast away from your presence, O Lord. Would you create in us, O Lord, a clean heart? Renew us again today, Jehovah God. Forgive us our iniquities, O Lord. Forgive us from our own righteousness, Jehovah Lord. From give, forgive us from the filth that has taken over the church, the nation, this, the people, Lord Jesus. And would you cleanse us, O God? We desire that the Holy Spirit of God will just come and take charge of our lives. We desire that we will live our lives in a way that pleases you, oh God. Father, we look around and it is hurting to hear the things that are happening in our nation. As children who have been born by the Spirit, it is not okay for us, oh Lord. We are burdened by the state of our nation. We are burdened by the state of the life of believers, oh God, who do not care that they are not living their lives right. And Lord, we come in humility, Jehovah God, that in our own filth would you cleanse us, Jehovah Lord, that you may find a place in our lives, that you may find a room in our hearts, oh God, that you may take charge of the church, O oh Lord. That you may take charge of the nation, Jehovah, Lord. That righteousness will flow like a well that will never run dry. Then with it, it will bring justice, O oh Lord. Then with it, O oh Jehovah God, it will bring things that are right, O oh Lord. That we may live lives that are pleasing before you. And so would you renew us today? Would you teach us to just humble ourselves before the throne? Teach us to let go of our thing, things we've held on to, Lord. Let go. Things, altars that we've built around our lives, idols that we idolize so much, to just surrender them, Lord. That we may just lay down our lives to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 The Lord bless you and keep you.
the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord bless the work of your hands. As we go about life and as we pursue righteousness and seek him that he may make our hearts pure, may the Lord be with you. May the Lord be with your family. May the Lord open doors for you this week. As you use the car to go to work and the matatu, as you step out of your house and come back in the evening, may you experience the blessings of the Lord. I want to also call the blessings of the Lord upon you who desires the miracle of the Lord this week. May you experience him and the overflow from his throne in the name of God who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.